Hey y'all. Before we get to the episode, we wanted to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Learn more by visiting podvoices.help. If you are able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 6, Episode 27, Strike the Match. Mary, what happened this week? Claire decides to stay with Steve until Tara gets the fuck out of the beach apartment. At Casa Walsh, Claire enjoys studying for the GRE with Bruzen and Steve's assumption of all chore-like responsibilities, at least until Steve ruins her favorite lucky study shawl that's the only thing she has from her mom. Tara continues to convince Kelly that she really, really needs her, professing in group therapy that Kelly is the only reason Tara believes the world is a kind place. Also, they go and get Tara's suitcase of stuff from the back of a store where Tara used to stay, which she has inexplicably left there for several weeks since she's been out of rehab. We learn that Tara is a photographer and also has a gun. Kelly also gets Tara an appointment with Umberto, her hairstylist, who gives Tara the exact same cut and color Kelly has. Donna tells Kelly Tara wants to be her, and it looks like Kelly realizes she might be right. Oh, also, Tara keys Val's car, and Val immediately is is suspicious of Kelly. She tells the cops Kelly is the most likely person to scratch die Val into her door. Also, Colin and David have a little fight. Donna helps David film a music video for a local band and has to step in as the leading lady when the band forgets whoever's girlfriend they cast at home. John does... No. Joe does not particularly like to see Donna gyrating in a leather vest and hot pants and leaves shortly after they invite him to watch her film her scene. Brandon gets a great opportunity to intern for the Boston Globe, and it comes with a job offer with full benefits after he graduates, but he already has plans to go on a road trip with Susan to see the world's largest ball of twine. Obviously, he chooses the twine. I mean, Susan. But it's not an ultimatum. It's not. It's absolutely not. Ugh. Okay. I guess, like... Again, I have a lot of thoughts, despite writing very few notes, comparatively. <laughs> so do you want to just get into it? Let's do it. Because the first thing you see at the beach apartment is Kelly cleaning up Tara's bed from the couch. Yes. Because Tara's out. And I think it's Claire makes the comment of like, oh, are you doing her laundry now? And mm-hmm. I was just like, yes. Why is Tara not folding these blankets? Yeah. Like, if she she's already like infringing on their food, their – space like be a good house guest dude yeah clean do Mm -hmm. something and they do have a conversation donna and claire are like you know at first you said she'd only be staying here for a little while and it's been weeks and there's no end in sight Mm -hmm. and frankly she gives me the creeps 
Yeah. They, they have now pointed out, like, not only is it the time, but it's the person. Mm-hmm. Like, at first, like, yes, totally understand she was in a bad situation, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, hang on. There's, like, multiple red flags here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Claire says what we've been saying for mm-hmm. a while. And I think it's really interesting that Claire is being so straightforward with it and Donna is being kind of, like, so, like side speaking yes about I, it I read the same thing but you can see it in Donna's face too she's like I don't like this person and it makes me uncomfortable that she's here yes but she was like I don't want to like hurt your feelings so I'm gonna say it in a nice way but I'm basically saying the same thing Claire's saying yeah it feels like I feel bad because it kind of feels like Donna wants to be a peacekeeper and like still yes. be like sensitive to Kelly's feelings while also be like there are two of us that pay rent in this three-bedroom apartment that don't feel comfortable about what's going on. Right, exactly. And, you know, Tara even comes in and has brought them croissants, which, you know, is a nice small gesture, but still I feel like, you know, we could see more. Yeah, for sure. And rather than, like, really say anything to her, Claire and Donna are just like, we're late for school. Bye, Kelly. Yes. Gotta go. <laughs> and then even, like, after they leave, Tara even comments about freeloading. And Kelly's just like, nope. No worries. Like, you can stay here as long as you need to. It's no big deal. Like, and I understand to an extent because Kelly does have this codependent relationship with her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like she's just completely disregarding her roommate slash best friend's thoughts and feelings. Which she has done before. Yeah. So it's not a pattern that I really like to keep seeing. Right. And, you know, while all of this is happening, Claire said she's going to go stay with Steve until Tara is out of their apartment. So then we have to cut over to see you where Brandon and Susan are walking down the hall with Steve and joking about how they're playing house and uh, Claire's going to see all of his bad habits. And then Susan peels off to go to class, at which point we find out that Brandon has a job interview that he has not told Susan about. Yep. Like, he has told Steve. And Steve is like, you know you're going to take it. Like, you had this great opportunity. Like, you know you're going to do it. You're going to have this meeting. You're going to go take it. And also, like, why wouldn't he kind of situation? I mean, honestly, like, I'm trying to think back when I was in school, if I would have done what Brandon ultimately did or what I think Brandon should have done. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like, I probably would have taken the internship. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I definitely want to talk more about it when we get to him and Susan having the conversation mm-hmm. because it does feel like you should just take it and that they can change their plans. Mm-hmm. And if this newspaper wants him as badly as they seem to, they should allow him like a week or two to like yeah. go on a road trip. You don't need a year or a year, a summer long road trip right. around the United States. I mean, it could be cool. I don't know where they're going to get this money, but this scene ends with Brandon 
like kind of walking off. And then you just stay on Steve for a minute and he goes, men are men. Business is business. And women, whatever. And that was the weirdest yeah. thing I've heard Steve say in a while. Right, because it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and it's like, how is he going to end this sentence? Yeah, and also, like, Steve loves women. Like, it was actually kind of weird that he was all on team internship because Steve, you would think, is like, well, how are you ever going to find, you know, get a girl like Susan? Like, you know, like, he he's very pro-women and pro getting laid <laughs> and like Brandon is already doing that so and we know Steve doesn't want to work like Steve or at least like he doesn't want to work for free or mm-hmm. like whatever so I don't know just like yeah so it's like what is this comment <laughs> right like I feel like Steve should have been like you have to figure out how to have all of it yes exactly yeah almost like he's the Sean Hunter um, in in this relationship in the episode where it's Topanga's 16th birthday and also they get tickets <laughs> to the wrestling match and so Sean <laughs> wants them to do the Fl- Fred Flintstone and be in two places at once. <laughs> I would die if they did that yeah. comedy thing on this show and was like, Brandon can have it all. <laughs> you can go to the award ceremony for Susan and also – the basketball game with Steve. Yes, exactly. It's all interesting, and it feels like they're already setting this up to be like, by summer, Susan's gone. Yeah, right. Which, Which sucks, if true. Not, not happy about. No. But everyone's busy in this episode because on top of all of that, there is a campus band who has found David and wants him to shoot a music video for them. And he's super into it. He thinks they have great music. He thinks giving them a really good video is going to be all they need to get signed. But because they're going to do it this weekend, he needs help. And so he's talking to Donna, trying to convince her to help. And Joe is just sitting there. Yeah, it's like he gets little glimpses at, at like what they're talking about. And he doesn't look pleased. But he doesn't hear part of the conversation because they make him listen to the band. And... Then he's like, wait, so what's happening? <laughs> well, I swear at one point he, like, lifts the side of the headphone mm-hmm. to try and listen. So, like, he knows exactly what they're talking about. And then it's just like, I'm going to see what she tells me. Yeah. It's like he's, like, weirdly testing her. And then he ends up being okay with it. He's like, well, I guess I have to study all weekend. So go do it. It's fine. The, I don't like – if you can, like, handle listening to that band – play then more power to you and then to which point donna calls him square (laughs) which is true i mean yeah he is so riley from buffy like just yeah corn-fed boy from iowa yes just a corn-fed boy from iowa but pennsylvania and yeah he's like that's why you love me and donna's like yeah that's true that's very true true (laughs) no it it does feel like this episode we're like starting to like put cracks in every single relationship to like point to other ones that are coming up like I can't help but feel like this is also the beginning of the end for Donna and Joe probably because David is single again and Joe is now going to get jealous right even though I feel like there's just no reason there isn't I mean like 
Yeah, I think this episode, as we will talk about like further with this storyline, but there wasn't really any moments where I pointed to thinking like, oh, there's some sexual tension between Donna and David. There's there's love still there. And I do think there's love from a friend perspective, but that's the thing. I got like big, big friend vibes, not like, oh my God, they need to bang because their sexual chemistry is off the charts. Like Mm -hmm. it just, yeah, yeah, friendly. No, this episode is friend vibes. The David misses New Year's Eve with his girlfriend to spend time with Donna in a tree. Not friend vibes, but we didn't talk about that with Joe. No, no. He was fine then because Val was in the picture. Right. But yeah, also the whole point to this storyline is, and the reason that this episode was on the DVD is because the band is Power Man 5000. So that was the special appearance credit. And I can't believe they're that old. (laughs) I know. I had a whole moment like, yeah, I put on, you know, Paramount. I went to the episode. I just clicked play like whatever. And then I saw it had a different title on it. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's on the DVDs. Like it could not register to me why it would be on the DVDs. And then it was said like special appearance by Power Man 5000. It's like, oh, no, it's a music (laughs) episode. Yep. Which, like, it was fine. I don't I think mean, they... Yeah, like, we only see the band for five seconds, so... Yeah, we get, like, the smallest clips of their music, and the idea that they just didn't bother to try and get the streaming rights from Power Man 5000. <laughs> I feel like that tells me more about Fox than anything. That, like, sure. this and... What was it? Kelly's birthday with the jazz man. Yes. We're on the DVD. Like y'all couldn't just pay for those. Like what? Are, I don't know how expensive streaming rates are. I should probably stop talking out of the side of my head. Well, but it's also just like it seems like eh, whatever. Like people won't freak out that much. It's a few episodes here and there. Yeah. But imagine you don't own the DVDs. You miss so much plot development in like Brandon and Susan's relationship and Colin and David and Kelly and Tara and all of them. Definitely. Because yeah, they're a lot of what happens next because Tara and Kelly have to go to group and Tara is talking about how this is the first time that she's had a friend and like putting a lot of weight on her and Kelly's relationship Which I think is interesting because if they are at group at the hospital, I feel like their doctor, you know, Tara's doctor, Kelly's doctor, someone who might be aware of these things is probably just like, we might need to like split them up. Like this is not good for them. Yeah. Like, uh uh-oh. Did we do something wrong? (laughs) Yes. Yes, you did. This this should never have happened. That woman that put them both in the same room. Mm Mm-hmm messed up yeah and i mean intentions were probably totally pure you Mm -hmm. know it's just but yeah it's like now seeing what it is like there's reason to step in yeah i just i think tara is putting too many eggs in one kelly basket and that's a lot of weight that doesn't need to be on kelly during her own recovery like agreed they spend a lot of time saying that she's fine but Honestly, when Dr. Greg, like, the second Tara told him that Kelly was feeling rushed or, like, overwhelmed from their relationship, Dr. Greg backed out. Yeah, and 
while I do think that's the right move from a personal relationship standpoint, he probably also, as a med student, should have been like, oh, let's get you into another meeting or Mm -hmm. let me take you to blah, blah, blah. Like, just because, like, yeah, she is in recovery. So if that is the reason for not wanting to step into this relationship or the reason for the relationship being too intense, granted these are Tara's words, not Kelly's, Mm -hmm. you would have thought the instinct would have come up for Greg to be like, oh, yes, I'm going to back away from you, but also we probably need to, like, focus more on your recovery legitimately. Mm -hmm. So, Which, you know, to be fair, Kelly would not have been receptive to because Kelly needs to come to things on her own rather than accept help from anyone and, like, that wouldn't have set off any sort of switch in her brain of like, why are you saying these things to me? What am I presenting out into the world that you're picking up on that I'm not seeing internally? Right. Which you would hope that would go off because that's literally what just happened over and over and over again with her, but it's fine. Whatever. Colin is at the pee pad working on his mural. Yeah. I was like, he's painting something? <laughs> I was like, why is he here? <laughs> right? I was like, is he doing touch-ups yeah like why are you, I guess you know maybe he's just like hanging out with Val while she works and it's just like you know what I could just add something over here <laughs> do you do you ever think it bothers Val that now she's dating him and the mural in her club is called Kelly's New York <laughs> <laughs> okay I didn't even think about that until just now but like yeah. <laughs> right? I'd be like, can we take pictures of this? And then, like, maybe inspiration strikes you to do not a Kelly mural? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. That, like, if only Kelly could think to point that out. Right? Like, oh, my God. In their little scene later. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about it until, yeah, literally just now. Yeah. And I can just imagine they're – this is why they're all in bad moods all the time. All the time. They, they just, just have don't stuff, know. like – Looking at them right in the face, just pointing to, like, indiscretion or exes or whatever. Yeah, because David comes in looking for Val, speaking of exes. Yeah. And Colin is such an asshole. This is the best scene I think I've ever seen in this show. (laughs) It was so much. Like, he's just, like, not even looking at David. He's like, yeah, no, she's not here. I don't know when she's coming back. Look. You don't, I don't like you and you don't like me. I love, I love everything about this. Like literally Colin just like, yeah, she was. And David's like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> cause David, first of all, like outside of that one little time when David gets snippy with Donna, I actually loved David in this episode because he actually seemed really happy mm-hmm. and we don't really see David acting happy very often but then also just how he was with Colin is literally how we all are about Colin because he's just like what does that even mean I was dying and then like yeah Colin's like I don't like you I don't like you at all and Colin's or David's like yeah dude the feeling is mutual like don't don't get it twisted like I hate you too and he even says like I have this standing rule of not hanging out with ex-felons you know like it was just wonderful. I don't know. I loved everything about it. So I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, I was really mad at how David acted with Donna, but then happy that she stood up for herself. And then like they moved past it. He never apologized, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
yeah, he does seem to be doing pretty well. And my brain was immediately like, it's because he's not hanging out with them. Like he's off doing yeah. his own thing and like meeting bands on campus and filming stuff. And That's true. Because we just don't really see David all that much. Mm-mm. Like after he broke up with Val, he's just like kind of keeping his distance from the rest of the group. And I'm like, this is good for him. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want him in the show because I want the drama. Yes. But like there is just that little part of me that is trying to like bring reality into TV to just be like, everyone just go your separate ways. Yeah. Do your own thing. Like find your passion. Just take a break. (laughs) And then, you know, Val comes in. We find out that the whole reason David came looking for her is for the music video. He wants to shoot it in the club. He's already talked to Nat and made sure that the noise would be okay during the day, which I really appreciate. Mm Mm-hmm. And Val's the same thing. She's like, if it's fine with my neighbors, it's fine with me as long as you're out by the time that we open, you know, whatever. But then Colin and Val start, like, snipping back and forth at each other because Colin's like, well, David still blames me for what happened to Kelly. Which Which he didn't say at all. (laughs) Yeah. You're just, like, putting words in his mouth. And, you know, while Kelly is a fully autonomous adult, like – you understand why her brother would have issues with you. Of course. Like, I'm sorry. That's just how the world works. Like, humans are complicated. Yeah. And then Val is just like, well, get over it because I'm tired of being stuck in the middle. Which I loved. I was like, man, like, Val never actually gets mad at Colin. Like, she just kind of, like, does whatever he wants. And so the fact that she's, like, kind of standing up to him, I was like, yes, I like this. I I very much like this because, like, what is Colin even doing? Like, he's just waiting for his, like, plea to go through or, like, his court date or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So what is he even doing? He's, like, clearly just in limbo, you know? I really appreciate this continuous thing that Val is doing of just everyone should just get over it. The past is the past. Let's move on. Like. It may not be the most healthy way of doing things, but I just really like how consistently she is saying, like, can we all please just, like, chill the F out and, like, hang out? That's all I want in my life. All I Mm -hmm. want is friends. Did you also notice – I don't know. This is the first time I've noticed this. Maybe we don't spend enough time in the club during the day, but there are zeros and ones all over the club. I don't think I noticed that. Okay, like wherever. you're talking about like on the walls? Yeah, like painted on the walls. Like you have – if you're looking in the scene and Kelly's New York is over on the left, over on the right and also on the floor is just zeros and ones. Colin just decided to go full beautiful mind and just binary all over. Yeah. <laughs> this club makes no sense. You have a New York mural over here, binary all over the walls, and then a flying toaster on the door. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'll see if I can find it again and take a photo of it. Like next time I have to pop the DVDs in for the next episode, I'll just go back to this and I'll take a picture of my TV. I love it. I'm going to take back everything I ever said about Colin not being a good artist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it goes well with New York computers. (laughs) Toast. The Matrix. (laughs) Toast. Toast. What if the toast was, like, the original focal point? Like, I'm pretty sure that was on the door before Colin showed up. So they were just like, you know, this is my accent pillow, and I'm going to pick all of the colors off of this toast, and this is going to be what we have. I'm going for kitchen chic. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, what if the entire club was kitchen themed? Oh my god. I would actually be into that. Yeah. Just the walls have like the pasta poster. <laughs> yes. It's little spatulas. Just like maybe a, a blender. Yeah. They could have blended drinks. We've seen that be very popular on this show before. We love a good banana daiquiri. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Hey, speaking of kitchens. Yeah, good transition. So good on the segues today. Brandon and Susan are making lasagna, and it looks very tasty. Like, I can mm-hmm. see Brandon cutting up all those vegetables. Oh, yeah. And, like, Susan is very excitedly talking about these summer plans that we know that they have. And you can see on Brandon's face, he's like, oh, God, I have to tell her. Mm-hmm. And so he finally says, the Boston Globe called me. They have a recruiter in town. They want me to meet with him. And you can just, like, feel the conversation just, like, die. Yeah, because, I mean, Susan had been talking about just how excited she was about going on their summer trip going to see the largest ball of twine in Kansas, I think it was. And, of course, when he says this, she's like, oh, like, so our trip's off. And you can see, like, this is very typical of, like, long-term relationship, right? You hear her, like, oh, it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, of course she's hurt. Like, you know, it's like such a hard place to be when you're in a relationship because you're excited for them you know especially Susan being a journalist and being like the editor of the paper knows what a huge opportunity this is Mm -hmm. but she's still human being and she just wants to spend the summer with her boyfriend like of course she's gonna be hurt so I totally understand the feeling here and it's like it's the moment she just found out about this Mm -hmm. so she needs some time to process her last serious boyfriend like you know they broke up for very specific other reasons But then, like, he left. They didn't have the chance to work on things, and he went and had his professional career. So I'm sure she's thinking about that of, like, Brandon's just going to leave. Like, Mm -hmm. he's going to go to Boston. He's not going to come back. I know. And, you know, again, this is very nebulous plans. Like, I understand everyone having to process their emotions, but this is when, like, you know – 30 plus year old me is sitting like, okay, let's have a conversation of what does this mean? I'm not doing anything this summer. Should I go try and find a last minute internship or should I go to Boston with you? Right, right. Or are we going to do long distance? Like what? What's the plan? Like, because, you know, in my mind, the perfect idea for me, if Susan is still not going to do anything this summer Because, you know, that's her right. If she doesn't want to have an internship, she shouldn't have to. She's been the editor of the paper. She can take a break. Mm -hmm. So maybe, yeah, they, you know, Brandon takes this job with the Boston Globe. They turn their road trip into just straight cross country from L.A. to Boston. They stop along the way. They still get to see the ball of twine. (laughs) And then they get to Boston and he works during the week. And then on the weekends, they go exploring New England. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Right? I mean, and I think both of them would actually like that too because, you know, it's they do seem to be the type to like to see the sites like historically and, you know, then have little like hiking days or something like that. Like they both like the outdoors. They both like um, are very intellectual and things like that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that could easily work. It's just a matter of logistics and 
what both of them want out of the relationship. So I think like in this scene, you kind of see, oh, wait, there's a choice here Mm -hmm. between the relationship and career. And I think, yeah, if they were to talk about it further, they could figure out. Put the two together. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. And that's the thing that gets me. You can see they're not having that conversation. It Mm -hmm. is Brandon goes to Boston or Brandon has Susan. Yes. And it is stressing me out, y'all. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, the show does the thing it always does where Steve does something cute. Oh, my God. And my heart melts. Right? I was, like, mad at this. He – Steve was wonderful. He was, like – he made room in the drawers. He made room in the closet for Claire to stay over for, like, a weekend which I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. Yeah. And and like he says he's going to wait on her hand and foot. Like he wants to make this experience for her so good. And I'm like who are you? <laughs> right? And then like he's still a little Steve cuz he's like how does that sound? She's like it's better than a poke in the eye and he's like well, how about a poke in the Yeah. Wink wink. And but like, then like it's so cute, though. Well, because that's the thing. He, like, grabs her and picks her up and then just starts, like, kissing her all fast and cute. Like, Yeah. It makes me so mad because I was like, he's going to do something to screw this up. And, like, mm-hmm. what he does is a total accident. Oh, for And that's sure. not what I'm talking about. But I think, no. like, in a future episode, Steve is going to do something really stupid and Claire is going to dump him. And I'm going to be like, but they were so cute. And I think this is probably, like, because we know, we remember what happened with Chancellor Arnold and, um, what's her name? The model? Yes. I can't even think of her name. It was something, like, very pretty, like Estelle or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that, but I can't remember it. Yeah, I can't either. I I feel bad about that. But we know what happened there, but also Claire was talking about how much, she knows Steve's a good guy and Steve is really sweet and all this. And I'm like, she has to know something we don't. This is what she knows that we don't, you know, Mm -hmm. like these little cute romantic things that Steve does. I think Steve genuinely loves Claire. Absolutely. They have had an actual genuine relationship. Like I know they got together really only because the, (laughs) the mistake with the online dating and then the whole tutoring thing. But like, I think they genuinely like each other. And we have actually been on board with Steve and Claire since day one. Weirdly. They've had some weird moments, but like they're pretty cute. <laughs> Do you I don't remember who said it or if it was an email or an Instagram comment, but I swear when this first started, someone was like, Oh my god, we're at the Steve and Claire era. And I was like, Should I be excited? I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like this relationship and Brandon becoming my favorite character has totally taken me by surprise. <laughs> I know. Who would have expected? Nope. Not nope. me. Nope. Couldn't be me. And so, you know, we have to continue. There's cute stuff happening. There's emotional things happening. We get to Tara and Kelly again. And... This is the first time that Tara mentions wanting to change up her hair. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, it's all mousy and it's not good and this and this. I'm like, look at your hair. At which point Kelly is just like, well, yeah, I guess we could like do something about your hair. (laughs) Yeah, Tara's all like, I want your style and your flair. And I'm like, dude, she's a model. Like, right. Literally. I feel like Tara just needs like a cream rinse. 
or something. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't need to dye her hair blonde. No, she just needs, like, a little trim to get the dead ends off and maybe, like, a little style. Yeah, because, like, I'm not against the bangs, but I don't think, mm-hmm. like, the length that she has really matches, like, I think she could do something different and I'd be cool with it. I yeah. did not like when she went blonde. I don't think that looked good. And maybe, like, if she changes her makeup because she really likes to wear very light colors, mm-hmm. maybe that would help. Because even in this scene, she's using, like, like she is matching her skin tone on her lipstick. And yeah. that's just too light when you also have the platinum blonde hair and the very light skin. Yeah. But anyway, that's totally neither here nor there because Kelly t- decides to take this moment to say, you know, oh, um, when we were at the hospital for group, did anybody talk to you about a room opening up? Mm-hmm. And Tara kind of loses it. She panics. She basically says, yes, but please don't make me go. She immediately like begs Kelly, like Kelly is her keeper a little bit and begs Kelly to like not make her go to mm-hmm. the rooming house. Um, she says she needs her, which obviously, you know, we know that's a red flag. Kelly kind of she backs down here, but also stays a little firm because I think she's finally taking to heart like her roommates aren't happy and hold on. She really has been here a long time and she really did go in with the intention of saying like she'll be here until she finds a place to stay. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let her go anywhere until she has an alternative means of of residence. Mm-hmm. And so she does kind of say, well, you know, yeah, you can stay at the apartment until the house opens up, the rooming house opens up. But then Tara continues to like grovel and beg Kelly. She's even like, I'll be the best friend you've ever had. Just please don't make me go. And I'm like, which like this is just red flags on the red flags we've already seen of breaking out of rehab to go be with Kelly when Kelly got out a week before her. Right. And yeah, it's just kind of like. I don't want to say scary necessarily in the means of like, like Tara's a creepy stalker kind of yeah. moment, but scary and like this is not emotionally healthy, and I don't like that this is how you feel. Yeah, and and it's putting Kelly in a very difficult position because Kelly, I think, is starting to understand the gravity of Tara's like need for her and mm-hmm. their relationship, but at the same time, you know. Kelly doesn't want to do anything to like give into this a bit because it's like it I think she can start to see that this isn't healthy. Yeah, exactly. Like you can see it's like starting to go, but it's not actually there yet. Yeah. And so I think you know, Kelly has definitely has her own choice. Like she has definitely like she's given Tara the space to stay with her and to be in this kind of like needier situation but now it's time for her to be like no no we got it like I know I said that you could stay here as long as you want but now there's a room like she's got to kind of like draw a line in the sand here exactly and you know it just kind of keeps getting worse for them because they go outside and they run into Colin and Val which is never good yeah and you know you can even see that Kelly is not emotionally stable right now. Like she is still also in the same kind of thing. She keeps saying that 
she hates her and she can't stand her and this and this. Mm-hmm. And Tara starts trying to calm her down, being like, you're just paranoid. But Colin's not good for you anyway. Like, you don't need to be with him. So why are you, you know, putting that on Val? Right. But then she escalates and is like, well, I hope she dies. Yeah. She's like, anyone you hate, I also hate. I want her to die. Which Kelly says is an overreaction. But while they were in rehab, I'm pretty sure Kelly said she hopes that Val dies or that she wanted to kill her. Yeah, I think she probably did. Because I think it was the episode where she found out they were together and then it ended with Colin getting arrested. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think maybe it's just – yeah, I mean the difference – like let's be real. The difference is that Kelly has kind of improved a bit on – like since her recovery and Tara probably has not, obviously. And Kelly is now at the point where she can recognize more extreme – you know, reactions or extreme just conversation. Mm-hmm. And whereas before she wasn't, she was in an unstable environment or not environment, but just she was unstable and not processing things correctly and all that. So, yeah, I think she's now just like being able to recognize that Tara's like, whoa, she's like, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't go I that think, far. Yeah. I think it's like there's a difference between me saying it and you saying it. And, the um what's the word I'm looking for the reason for hating Val versus yeah. the reason for Tara hating Val yeah that's totally fair which you know despite all of this feels like Kelly still has a blind spot when it comes to Val because yeah she had this conversation earlier and then things are gonna happen and she just misses it all yeah because screw Val mm-hmm But first, so, like, this was during the day. Now we get to night, and everyone is still doing all of their things. So David and Donna are planning the music video, and they're, you know, bickering back and forth. The song is called Strike the Match. Mm -hmm. And so I guess David wants to do some big elaborate thing no one can afford or has the time to plan. And Donna just wants someone striking matches. Yeah, so we get, like, the Winston pranks. (laughs) pranks right either the way too big or the way too small (laughs) exactly and then David does his David thing and this is that one moment where he's like I don't know why I helped you why I asked you for your help these are horrible ideas yes exactly and it's it's very David and Donna pre like now I guess this is terrible. <laughs> Let me say that again. This is very Donna and David of the past when they were dating. You know, yes. Donna would frequently just be trying to help and David would dismiss her ideas or dismiss what she's trying to do. Um, and that was very typical back in their actual dating relationship. But the difference now is that Donna is like, no, I don't owe you anything. Like, I'm getting out of here. Like, I don't want to be – this is like the last place on earth I want to be right now. Which as soon as she says that and walks out, David's like, oh my god, light bulb, and runs out to go get her. And is like, wait, that's a perfect idea. And yeah, he wants to do some post-apocalyptic thing like Last People on Earth. They start riffing. They come up with the actual idea. They're like, yes, it's falling all in the place. Which still, like, the the fact that they managed to pull all of this together as fast as they did is yeah. hilarious to me. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. And 
yeah, so she comes back in. They go back to planning. And then we go over to Casa Walsh where they're all studying for the GRE, including Joe. And I just think it's hilarious that Joe is just there with two couples. (laughs) I know. And I do think it's kind of cool that, like, Joe wants to go to grad school, apparently. Or, like, that's an option, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, for a guy that's been so, like, football, 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 that is my option. I don't have other options. You know, maybe having his heart condition and having the surgery, that's just given him the kind of, like, inspiration to be like, well... Let me just have a backup plan, which is totally smart, you know? Yeah. Like, it would be great if we knew his intentions behind grad school, but they are very quickly writing Joe out of this series. Yeah. So he's just kind of there. Yep. Because really what the point of this scene is, is because Claire has a lucky study shawl that is one of the only things she has left from her mother. And they just have to set that up. So that's just, what this is. I thought it was really funny because earlier, like I said um, to you guys off off the podcast, um, Nate was watching this with me. And like when Susan came on during the lasagna scene with Brandon, um, Nate goes, she dresses like an old woman. <laughs> and so I thought it was really funny. He had left at this point. When we get to the scene, Susan's like, Claire, I really like your shawl. (laughs) And I was like, shawl is such an old woman clothing term. Yes. (laughs) And I so badly had wished that Nate had been there so he could hear Susan say, I like your shawl. (laughs) He had no idea how right he was. Right. (laughs) That's literally, that's all that setting up. But then we go to the beach apartment where Tara breaks into Kelly's room while she's sleeping and takes her keys out of her purse, which the whole time this was happening, I was like, this would be me. Nothing wakes me up at night. And meanwhile, I would have woken up immediately and freaked out, like gotten so upset and scared. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think I told y'all about how like a week or two ago, John thought there was a cat in the room and she'd like gotten herself wedged somewhere. He woke up. It's like 11 o'clock at night. It's not even late. Turns on all the lights, is talking to me, is moving the mattress around to see if she's like she's crawled behind the drawers under the bed and dead. Didn't see any of it. That's wild. But no, this would be me. Like someone would come into my room. If I was lucky, I would turn over and scare them. But they could just, like, take something out of my room and I would have no idea. John could come in here and just, like, start moving stuff. And I would just be like, nope. Had no idea. I'm really into the sleeping thing. (laughs) Also, Kelly is so clearly still wearing a full face of makeup and it's hilarious to me. Like, she's got mascara on. Well, and I love that, like, the point of that probably was it was a long day and they wanted to fit this scene in. So they're like, yeah. you don't have time to take your makeup off. And also this was not the first scene of the day. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so funny to me when things are so obviously television. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I might, you know, forget to take my makeup off every now and then, but the mascara is coming off because like, yeah, you can feel it. Well, and like the eyeliner smudges, like you, like there would be a difference in, oops, forgot to take off my makeup and bis. Yes. Um, and that's why <laughs> I kind of appreciate like TV now, I think is doing better about that because I've been watching a lot of Succession and um, 
Siobhan is like one of the only women in the show and or at least main character and she has been seen either going to bed getting up from like you know waking up in the morning or something like that no makeup on and I absolutely love it I'm like yes please show what this actually looks like because this is real life yeah like tv now will do at you know they'll do like a foundation and maybe some like under eye but they're not going to do like contouring and eye makeup and stuff yeah yeah yeah. they're gonna show they're gonna like light it properly and stuff yeah yeah they're not gonna (laughs) do like full face which is fun yeah but tara takes kelly's keys and then we cut over to donna and david finishing up together Mm -hmm. and i really thought that what was gonna happen was donna and david were gonna finish up together tara was gonna go do whatever tara was doing and then Donna was going to catch her coming out of Kelly's room putting the keys back. Mm, yeah. Or like coming back with Kelly's car in the middle of the night or, you know, something to catch Tara in what she was doing. Yeah, it felt very um, – because of the way like it was shortcuts, right? Like short mm-hmm. scenes, shortcuts. I did – I also like think that would have been a really interesting thing to have happened. But it doesn't because Kelly – Tara takes Kelly's car, goes to Colin's loft goes across the street to where Val's car is and starts keying the words Die Val into her door. Who, baby? And, like, we're going to find out that she did it. Like, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. I cannot wait to find out how. If yeah. it's not Donna catching her when she comes home, is it going to be security cameras? Is she going to admit to it at some point? Is, like, I'm so curious. My prediction is that, like, Kelly is going to finally like put her foot down for real and and Tara is going to explode on her and she's like you know think of all the things I've done for you and then starts listing them and like I keyed Val's car for you like I did that for you kind of situation I would love that yeah I think that's what's gonna happen that's my prediction that's really good I really want that to happen but until then we hit the next morning And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. There's a quick setup of, you know, Claire has to run so she can go take her test and Steve is going to do her laundry, which... What is happening? He's, like, literally, like, can I do anything for you? I'm like, who are you, Mr. Mom? Like, well, yeah, I think Claire calls him a house husband. And I was like, oh, my God. Is this, like, is this Steve? Steve just wants to get laid, so he wants Claire to get a really good job so that he can just stay at home and do nothing and just, like, do some chores. I can see Steve Steve being a stay-at-home mom, for sure. But, yeah, that was the whole thing. And I – they got me because I assumed it was going to be the obvious, like, he put something red in with her whites and mixed it up. Like, Mm -hmm. they even mention it, like, three more times. There's a red bra. Claire thinks that's what he did. Didn't even occur to me that fancy mom shawl was going to be anywhere. But that's not really the point of the scene because Brandon and Susan are still studying. And, you know, Brandon tells Susan that there are more important things than where to go to grad school. And she's like, oh, like where to do your summer internship. Which brings up the topic again. And essentially like i mean obviously like i don't love how she just snarked her way into it but like Mm -hmm. i do appreciate her wanting to talk about it and especially like in the context of their relationship because i think it's extremely fair of her to be like i just want to know 
have you factored me in at Mm -hmm. all? Have you factored us in? Because when I think about us, I think about us in the future. And I just want to know, are you thinking that too or not? Yeah. And I think it's very telling that Brandon doesn't actually answer the question. And he says, is this part of the data analysis portion? Yes. Like he very much wants to like avoid the topic. He doesn't want to talk about it right now. And I don't, I don't blame him because he is kind of being put on the spot. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. but I also think it's a valid question from Susan. Like I think both two things can be true here, right? Like I can appreciate Brandon's reaction because he's been put on the spot. I can also appreciate Susan asking in the first place. Yeah. And it's that same thing. Like I don't really like either of their behavior in this moment, but I understand where it's coming from because Brandon accuses her of giving him an ultimatum Mm -hmm. and she says it's not. And then he leaves. And yeah. And I think this is where Brandon gets a little Brandon-y and kind of jumps to a conclusion, gets mad Mm -hmm. and leaves because I think he's being attacked. Like, I just think he's scared. He doesn't want it to be an ultimatum because he doesn't want to choose. I think they both want the same thing. They both don't want to have to like choose one over each other. Mm -hmm. But I think he just, Brandon's perhaps a little scared in the moment because again, he got put on the spot and Susan's clearly been thinking about this for a while and that sort of thing. So it's like, He just wants to get out of the situation. He's feeling a little flooded. Well, and also think about how his last serious relationship ended with him and Dylan giving Kelly an ultimatum and her breaking up with both of them, Mm -hmm. technically. And, Mm -hmm. like, I imagine, you know, this is the first time he's felt, like, really serious again since then, which was only, like, a year ago. But it's hard. And I, yeah, he doesn't want to be in this situation and he needs to leave. And his only way of leaving is to literally just close his books and leave. Yes. So I actually kind of like just a last note on that. I actually kind of really appreciate the way that this is going because it feels very realistic. It really does. feels like a conversation you have in your later part of college if you're in in a serious relationship. So I actually really appreciate the writers in this moment. Because I think they wrote it very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you get to that last part of college and you're, like, both potentially going to go separate ways, like, especially think of this with journalism. Like, if Brandon keeps getting offers in Boston, he's going to move to Boston, Mm -hmm. which means, yeah, break up, long distance, or Susan has to find a job in Boston, whether or not that's her calling. And you do have to have that conversation. Yep. Yeah. It's very real. So we get a couple of short moments that are really just kind of leading up to big stuff at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So they're filming the music video. We find out that the main girl who was supposed to be in the video just like isn't coming. Yeah. <laughs> I love the band being like, you didn't ask earlier, so she's not here. Yeah. Like he's like, why didn't you say anything? He's like, why didn't you ask? <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. But so Donna has to step in because, of course, I love all the lead up where she's like, oh, yeah, dressing her is going to be so easy. She has a banging body and then she has to wear the outfit. Which she also has a banging body. So she could have been talking about that girl or herself. So, oh, my, yeah. When she's putting on the first outfit later, I was like, damn, Donna. Yeah. OK. I was like, Whoa. 
okay, hot Donna. Has Donna always been this hot? (laughs) (laughs) Which, to be fair, Donna's always had a really good body and has always been really comfortable showing it off. But, like, this is a different way that she has shown it off versus before. Yes, agreed. And then we cut over to Colin's loft where we see the dye Val. And Colin is so dumb. He's like, well, it's just vandalism. And Val is like, my name is on here. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't a random attack. This is a pointed attack to someone named Val. Hey, Colin, you remember my name? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I'm scared. I'm going to call the police. And mm-hmm. Colin's just kind of standing there. Yeah. Like, I do think he understands the gravity of it after she points out, like, literally, this is an attack on me. Yeah. But before that, he's like, it's vandalism. Get in the car. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Tara and Kelly go to meet Tara's only friend while she was homeless, who is an old man named Bernie. So, yeah, literally just this clothing store that she used to hang out in, I guess, you know, while she was homeless. And, you know, she actually has a suitcase there and he kept it. And, yeah, I think Mary mentioned it in her synopsis, like just didn't go back to get it at any point in time over the weeks that she's been there, which is interesting. Right? Also, kind of a dig when she's like, yeah, I used to stay in the back of this store. And Kelly's just like, I can't imagine living in a place like this. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, she had a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not – this is a clean store with a nice man who took care of her. Like, don't right. kind of dig at it. Yeah, don't judge it. But, yeah, they get this bag and Tara's really excited and they decide to go to the peach pit, to the pee pad, mm-hmm. to see the filming of the video. Yep. And then there's the quick cut to Steve doing the laundry where he does immediately pull out the red bra to kind of throw you off. <laughs> he got me. It's fine. <laughs> but then he pulls out the shawl and it must have gotten, you know, stuck on something and it just gets ripped up. Which, and- oh, he, his face was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Panic immediately. Yeah. Because, like, he's being cute. He knows how important this is to her. Yeah. And he does immediately go in, like, repair mode. Mm-hmm. I think he gets it wrong personally. But, like, he does go into repair mode. He does it in his yeah. way and tries. Yeah, Which he is very really important. hmm And then, yeah. Big, big scenes. We go back to the pee pad where – you know, they're working on setting up all these scenes and David is kind of like walking around, but like walking backwards because he's still talking and he goes to turn around and Colin is just staring at him. <laughs> and they do the whole like, you got a problem? Like, no, you do though. Like, why is this always like how this is? Like, you got a problem? No, you got a problem. No, you got a problem. <laughs> well, and like Colin and Val have shown up to like, start some shit oh yeah because it's like they got out of her car and then just split in two different directions somehow knowing exactly where the person they're looking for is (laughs) yeah because colin goes right at david and val is like i got her this time yeah and she goes into the peach pit to just like accuse kelly she's like you keyed my car i called the cops i told them that you have a grudge against me And Kelly's immediate reaction is like, you're paranoid and also you should be thinking harder about the list of people who hate you. I love it. And literally, like, 
Val's just like, you're a bitch, you know that? And Kelly just looks at her and she's like, you want to take this outside? And Kelly's like, glad to. I wanted it. I wanted, I wanted it so it. bad. I would have died. <laughs> I wanted it. But anyway, they don't have time to fight because some someone comes into the peach bin and is like, there's a fight. <laughs> it's my favorite TV thing. I've never seen this in real life. It's my favorite TV thing when someone's just like, fight. Yeah. And everyone has to run to it. Because like Nat takes off. Yes. He's like, uh-uh, not on my watch. And yeah, Colin and David are fighting, but like people have already kind of pulled both of them back from actually hitting each other. Mm-hmm. But then Nat really does break it up, in which we learn that Colin blamed David for key, the you know Val's car being vandalized. And at this point, like once Val runs in there, she's like, nope, we got to shut all this down. This is this is too much. Which like I get right. Like anytime mm-hmm. there's any kind of violence or just any kind of chaos, like yeah, you should probably just get people to leave. Yeah, let's break this up. Let's shut it down. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. And I did notice, you know, Donna comes over and immediately asks the dude's okay. And Kelly's just behind him, like head in her hands. Like she doesn't go check on him. She just stands yeah. there and waits for him to come to her. Yeah. And then just says like, oh, Val accused me of the same thing. Yeah. Which now, so now we know like, yeah, they pointedly went over there to accuse David and Kelly um, mm-hmm. for having it out for them. And Tara's just like peanut gallery is like no wonder you hate them so much so again more like gasoline poured on the fire yeah this is Tara's back in her like I'm gonna start specifically saying things to cause problems and like manipulate the scene yeah there's you know probably not a quick moment this is probably a little you know more weighted in everything but because of what's happening with Kelly and Colin and Val and Tara and all them I care a lot less that Brandon gets offered this job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you're right. It's a longer scene, but quick to sum up, right? Like he goes through his accomplishments. He's got a 3.5 GPA. He just took the GREs. You know, we already know about the article that got picked up by the AP, like his work last summer. And so the guy's just really impressed by him and wanting to offer him a job after the internship. Basically, like they they want him to take the internship in order to promise basically that he's going to get the job. Mm -hmm. Um, And Brandon's all like, well, I was planning on taking the summer off and the guy's just like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. Which I know this is supposed to be a big deal, but this is literally how the big four recruits everybody. And like, Mm -hmm. I assume consulting firms and other companies as well. Like you go and you do an internship between your second to last and your last year of college And then you have a guaranteed job coming out of it as long as you don't screw up your internship. So, like, I'm not exactly, like, real thrilled about this. Like, whatever. Also, just very specifically from my experience with Big Four is, like, these jobs usually don't actually get you anything you couldn't get on your own. Yeah. Like, he could probably still apply to this and – he would be or like the globe after college and be fine this is just more like setting up like hey here's a guaranteed spot yeah like it's nice having the guarantee but i also went to big four without interning with big four and i got the same benefits and the same pay as everybody else that started yeah so like cool yeah and we see like we don't see brandon take like we don't see him accept or reject the offer we just see him thinking about it And we cut back over to the beach apartment where Kelly and Tara are kind of like 
you know, decompressing, I guess, from Mm -hmm. what they just witnessed at the peach or the pee pad. And Kelly, like, is still clearly upset about it. Tara eventually says, like, oh, well, you know, living on the streets, you learn to spot the meanness in people in order to survive and kind of just, like, again, fueling this, like, ill will towards um, Colin and Kelly, or Colin and Val, rather. And then Kelly admits, like, she feels a little guilty that David got sucked into this whole thing because, like, he he shouldn't be. It's really just her shit, um, especially with Val. Um, So, yeah. That I mean, they don't really talk much more about that. Just more of the like, this is why I hate them. I don't like that other people are getting involved. Da 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 da. They do say at some point. I'm sure, like, it's just them being mad. But they're like, oh yeah, Val probably keyed her own car. Mm-hmm. Like wild adjustment. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just decompressing, and then Kelly goes into her bedroom, and Tara opens up her bag where there's a gun. Yes. Like, you see film for her camera, because we learned she's into photography, and a gun underneath her jeans that is still fully loaded. Of course it is. Like, that's just been sitting in your bag for a couple of weeks, and you just never thought to go get it. Yep. So, yeah. So, that's ominous. Furthering the... Um, escalating nature of this storyline. So yeah, we also need to go back to check on the music video because David and Donna have moved over to the warehouse that they decided to rent into. And so now Donna's in a different outfit, a leather top this time. Um, And Joe walks in and obviously he didn't know that Donna was going to be starring in this, right? Because like, I mean, Donna found out the day of, so she wasn't about to be like, hold on, I need to tell Joe that, just kidding, I was producing this, and now I'm starring in it. Um, So he walks in and is, like, obviously surprised um, to see her like this. It doesn't look happy about it. So whenever Mm -hmm. Donna, like, cuts for a sec and wants to go fix her makeup, she sees him, and he's just like, it's quite an outfit you have on. And, like... It's just her and David. Like, it's weird yeah. that David is just right up on her filming her. And, yeah, nobody bothered to tell Joe about this. Which, like, like, like I guess it's weird, but. I mean, it it's also that he just needs to be, like, comfortable with his girlfriend and have faith yeah. in their relationship. And, like, this is just because it was a last minute and a panic and he doesn't know what happened yeah. for the rest of the day. But yeah, he's he is just unhappy. He's uncomfortable. He's unhappy. Like she even invites him to stay, and he does for a second. But like as soon as they start rolling again, he's just like, "Nah, man, I'm out," and walks out of the warehouse and leaves. And Donna does see him, but she doesn't go after him because like she has a job to do. Well, and she's with David, and they're writing Joe yeah. off the show. Like, <laughs> right? We can see the wheels turning. Yeah, is what I'm saying here for sure. And speaking of that, we're with Susan and Brandon, mm-hmm. where Susan is very nervous. She's like, so um, how did your meeting go? It's a little awkward. He says it went well um, and tells it like is straight up honest with her, you know, from the jump. And she is honest, too. She's like, you deserve it. You're very talented. This this is great for you. But she does end up kind of walking away, goes into her office, and 
Brandon follows her. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I wasn't done talking. And then there's like a moment where it's like, okay, Brandon, this is, this is pretty cute. It's cheesy, but it's cute. He pulls out this like teeny tiny knotted string from his pocket. (laughs) And she's like, what is this? And he says that it's the smallest ball of twine in the world. And maybe they should go see the largest one. And so he turned he ended up turning down the job not only because he wants to be with her and like have their summer trip but also he's like i can also try next year and get more money which smart mm-hmm. <laughs> like i totally agree with this and like i can see where you know they could have had susan get mad and say oh well the only reason he turned it down is so you can get more money later but this is one of those situations where it's like two things can be true like yes i can turn this down get more money later but also i turned it down because i want to spend time with you and i want to be with you and i want you to know that i'm choosing you here and i want you in my future yeah i think it is very it's much more important that he is choosing her in this moment and not going to boston yes but yeah there is also this part of me that like I feel like there is a side of Susan that once she gets past the emotional stuff is going to be like, oh, my God, I made you turn down an internship. Yeah, like, why did you do that? Are you a dummy? <laughs> <laughs> we could have gone to Boston together. Right. But at like, the same time, like, they, then she logically would have been like, yeah, you probably could make more money if you just wait a little bit. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I would still be very curious what her plans are in yeah. the future. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, she's not the main character. That's the whole point. But we focus a lot on Brandon going to Boston and not where Susan would be going. Right. But, yeah, they're going to go see the biggest ball of twine in Kansas and have a summer together. Presumably. Still if not confident. We get there. Still not confident. And then, because this episode is just turning me all upside down topsy-turvy... <laughs> <laughs> we have to go back to Steve and Claire. Claire comes home. She's all excited. She sees flowers that Steve got for her. Super sweet. Um, she's like, maybe I should move in more often. Like, you've been really good to me. And I will say, like, a really excellent thing about this this uh, episode, for all of the relationships involved, with the exception of Donna and Joe, because, again, we talked about timing, but mm-hmm. every single couple has just been straight up honest from the jump and open about it and not trying to like skirt around anything else. They're just like straight up like, Hey, I'm going to immediately tell you this thing because I love and appreciate you. And yeah, Steve just comes right out and says it. He goes to get the shawl. She sees it and is immediately upset. Um, But he is too. I think what's important to recognize here is Steve understands the gravity of what he's done. Mm -hmm. He's not lying to her about it. He is equally upset. Yeah. And he, immediately tried to repair the situation like he cleaned Mm -hmm. the kitchen he bought her flowers he bought a ton of new shawls to be like look this one like almost looks like that one yeah and it's because that's how his brain thinks because I think what would have been also really meaningful is if he had tried to find someone to fix it yeah like Mm -hmm. if he had started going to like tailors and being like can you put this back together without like screwing up the shawl right But it's okay because, you know, Claire has to process all of these emotions, but she acknowledges. She's like, I forgive you. It was an accident. Like, yeah, I know you would never have done this on purpose. And like my heart was just like exploding because he was like, you hate me. You hate me so much. She's like, I don't hate you. I forgive you. And I will say like that is a little – okay, so there's a lot to love about this scene like Mm -hmm. we talked about. They're both upset. They're both straightforward. They're both very honest about each other, very real with each other. 
my own personal pet peeve is when I'm upset and in my feelings about something and the person that is there with me starts feeling guilty and tells me that they mm-hmm. feel guilty and like you hate me you do da, da, da. I'm like please don't make this about you right now like the thing yeah. that I'm upset about is not you I'm upset about the situation and I need to be upset right now I don't need to then be responsible for your guilt and so yeah. I was a little annoyed but that's my own stuff like that's stuff that I take in my real life <laughs> that that's totally fair though because when people project like feelings and be like you think this I'm like no mm-hmm. I don't I'm telling you right now that I don't mm-hmm. and you're insisting I do and that does make me mad at you actually yeah thanks for doing that yeah just like let me feel my feelings I will tell you how I feel I promise yeah no I totally get that and I kind of honestly glazed over it just because Claire right. immediately forgave him yeah and I was just like okay well that's cute well but and- you do a, you have a point well, and, and and it's not to nitpick or anything because, again, it's my own stuff because mm-hmm. I, I do think everything else in this – everything, regardless of how I personally feel about it, is very real and consistent with how people and real couples and stuff act. Like, that was yeah. what I loved about this episode is all of these reactions, with the exception of obviously Tara because that's for the drama, there are real, real, real feelings and stuff and stuff that we can definitely relate to. So I think this was actually quite a good episode for that reason. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of the drama with Tara, this last scene is at the beach apartment that night. Donna is home from, you know, spending the day working on this music video. Kelly's home. And Donna just wants to talk about what's happening with Val Mm -hmm. and Colin. And Kelly's like, I just can't. I can't do it. And I love that Donna says, well, I hope the police catch who did it so that you and Val can be friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, sweet baby Donna. I know. He's so naive. Yeah. Like, Kelly's just like, no, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And I do appreciate Donna being like, well, hey, sometimes I actually kind of like Val. She's trying so hard. All mm-hmm. she wants is for everyone to, like, be chill. Yeah. Because even in this moment, Tara comes in. And that conversation about her hair has paid off because Kelly sends her to her stylist and is like, I called in a favor. He's squeezing you in. You're going to feel so great. He works miracles, which, again, I feel like is just like a slightly mean thing you probably shouldn't have said, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like she didn't mean to. Yeah. But Tara comes in with Kelly's exact haircut and color. Oof. And then acts like she doesn't know what she did. Yeah, she's like, what? What did I do? And Donna and Kelly are just like, what the hell? Kelly literally says, like, how could you do this? Yeah. And Tara runs off because she's upset because this didn't work out for her. And Donna just looks at Kelly and goes, we told you she was weird. She She wants wants to be you. She wants to be you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. And, like, you can see it in Kelly's face. She's like, what have I done? Right? That's the thing is she's, like, realizing, like, crap. Like, I missed all the signs. And now they're, like, like hit me right in the face. Yeah. And, like, I have no idea where this is going to go. Like, because mm-hmm. Donna, you know, tries to do that, like, really nice thing. She's like, well, maybe we just, like, need some time to get used to the new you. Yes. But, like. What's going to happen next episode? Because it doesn't seem like Tara's trying to leave, and now she's 
looking like Kelly, dressing like Kelly, trying to talk like Kelly, isolating Kelly from people in her life, going after her quote unquote enemies. Like, I don't know what they're going to do here. We can only assume that we have not yet reached the climax of this situation, right? Like, we're still kind of in that climb, that build up mm-hmm. to, you know, Tara's endgame or whatever. Which, um, they got to pick it up. There are not that many episodes left in the season. I know. So I hope we don't leave on a cliffhanger with this situation. I would love to have this, like, figured out. <laughs> Could you imagine in, like, real life when this was airing week to week? And then oh had God. to go to summer break, Ooh. and they ended on a cliff note with Tara. I know that's that would be wild. Like I have the DVDs, I can just go to the next episode. Well, and what's so speaking of that, it's not summer break, but there is like a solid three weeks until the next, like in between these two episodes, this Ooh. one and the next one. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I just looked it up at like to plan for next week, and yeah, this one aired. Uh, April 10th, 1996, and the next one airs May 1st, 1996. Okay, so it is kind of a cliffy. Yeah. Wild. (gasps) Okay. All right, well, before we start talking about next week, let's talk about this week. Quote of the week. I don't have one. Okay, good, because I have nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I think the only things I wrote down, like maybe, like because I wrote down she wants to be you, which Mm -hmm. is what Donna says that ends the episode, and I wrote down what Steve said earlier that was just so weird, but yeah, Uh, I I didn't have any that like stuck out to me as fun or interesting or crazy, I don't know. The only other one, because I wrote both of those down, and then the only other one I had was Colin and David where he's like, you don't like me. You know oh, yeah. I don't like you. Yeah. But that's not, like, good. Yeah, I'm not. It was just relatable. Yeah. What about you, Mary? No quotes. Wild. <laughs> okay, but do you have a moment? Um, no? If I had to pick one, it's probably Brandon presenting Susan with the world's smallest ball of twine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like it. it. I just love that she was like, it's a knot. I was like, that looks like like my jeans. Yeah. Like, like you just know, pocket like lint. Little, yeah, mm-hmm. just a little tangle. The fray of your jeans. Yeah. No, that's fair. I like that one. I'm still sus. I still feel like Claire – oh, my God. <laughs> I still feel like Susan and Brandon aren't going to make it, and Susan's not coming back next season, but I hope to be wrong. Hey, she had to get ready for Buffy. She did. Oh, I wonder. She's probably not going to be on Buffy for like another year or so. I don't remember the exact dates, but that's fine. So, okay. What is next week's episode? Yes. So, um, as we mentioned, there's a good like three-week break between these two episodes. But next week, we're going to be talking about season six, episode 28, The Big Hurt. So maybe next week is the week. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it could be a Tara thing. It could be one of the couples breaking up. Could be Colin finally, like, getting his um, court date and stuff. I like it. Well, we will find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. 
yeah, or send us an email if you want to give us any of your thoughts, your questions, your comments, anything you want um, at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. All that stuff helps us get seen and build a community and give you all a better product. And if you give us a shout out or if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm the world's largest ball of twine. This is my lucky study shawl. I'm super curious to see what's on those rolls of film in Tara's suitcase. Bye. Bye. See ya.